And welcome to another edition of Fire in the Mountain, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Ricky Wittenberg, Andy Waddell, and Justin Edgel bringing you tonight Smoky Mountain Wrestling, episodes number 27 and number 28 from the famous Polk County High School in Benton, Tennessee. And uh, some of the behind-the-scenes wizardry going on tonight. We've already done this once, and uh, something happened to my program so we're doing it again so this is deja vu for us anyway andy how are you doing tonight i'm still mattering a wet hen in a thunderstorm and when we get to episode 28 you'll understand why oh, well that's more I, still, I, I still think it's something about the braided uh richie dias <laughs> Uh, well, that's more information than we got the first go around. So, Justin, <laughs> yeah, so I thought I would expand. Justin, how have you been doing these past couple of weeks? Doing well. Uh, looking forward to this uh, reviewing. You know, next couple episodes, it, it'll be fun. Hopefully, it works this time. Yeah, Justin, uh, making the joke once again. Are you ready, or are you not ready for prime time? I'm never ready for uh, prime time. He sucks. Well, I mean, we had to get that in there again. Cause it was better the first time because you was pretty mad. Well, actually, wasn't mad. You're just indifferent to, towards Brian Lee at this point, I think. Oh, he's, a, he's a piece of shit. I, I still say that. <laughs> okay. So we go into match number one. And in match number one, we have Ben Jordan and Richie Dye in the ring against the stud stable. And the only way I can describe Richie Dye is he is a slightly dumber and less talented version of Terry Gordy. And he's got um, some kind of a weird braid that Justin has alluded to. And terrible. It's bad. Yeah, it really is. Um, not sure what that's all about. Uh, he lost a bet. He, he thinks that he's Jamaican. I'm not sure. Um, he's pretty white, so... Uh, mm. I mean, was Marky Mark a thing back then? I, That's getting pretty close. Uh, the Funky Bunch was in full effect. All right. Well, who, maybe he was a fan. Anyway, the during early in the match, Fuller picks up Ben Jordan and he just he just slings him like a sack of shit, basically. And it's this match is the stud stable just beating some jobbers. And it's weird because when Jordan tags in Richie Dye, Richie Dye's like this six foot four, six foot five big dude. I mean, he looks like Terry Gordy. He's a big guy. And they just absolutely pummel the crap out of him. And then Robert Fuller, because he's coked up on God knows what, allegedly, again, allegedly, or he's had a lot of coffee, or this was before Monster Energy. I don't know. I mean, maybe he had some bad. we did have surge at the time, though. It so well, it's something. He Robert Fuller was in rare form over these two episodes. You'll find out. And Robert Fuller just kind of slings Richie Die around too, and then he puts him in the arm ringer slash uh, horse cock into uh, the. <laughs> I, I, it, I mean. It's a it's an arm ringer submission, I guess, or he knocked yes. him out with his package one. I'm not sure, but it's one of the two. And um, yes, Justin, he he thrusted his way to a victory. Yes, uh, I mean, yes, he did. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised he didn't get knocked out 
cold by by uh yes. Rick Rude may have had the gimmick, but Robert Fuller had the goods. <laughs> okay, so we're out of that. Onward. We're out of this match. Same interview with Ricky Morton uh, from last week, and then we go to the desk with Bob and Dutch. How dangerous is the pile driver? And they show the highlights of what we think is probably the highlight of Smoky Mountain so far, which is Paul Orndorff just snapping necks with the pile driver. And um, then we have the interview with Gordon, with Gordon, with, yes, Commissioner Gordon or Jeff Gordon. Actually, the interview is with Orndorff talking about Ronnie Garvin. And in the interview, it's the same one that they played last week uh, from, I guess, is a bluegrass brawl backstage. So then we go into another interview. This time it's Tim Horner, and this is actually with uh, at the desk. And Tim Horner is looking for Buddy Landell. He's asking where he's at, says that he's hiding, and maybe he's in jail somewhere. And, ladies and gentlemen, that is a shoot. Because Buddy Landell is no-showing some Smoky Mountain events in true Buddy Landell fashion. And they really didn't know where Buddy Landell was, so jail for Buddy Landell was probably one of the few options to choose from. Um, I think he was playing chess with Bobby Fischer. (laughs) I highly doubt that. Justin, do you have any inkling on what Buddy Landell may have been doing at this time? Uh, probably, uh, he might've been on a free bird mountain again. Yeah. It's or, that's, that's uh, a good luck being, place. getting plugged somewhere. Uh, um, or yeah, that I, I know we're going to talk about fruits later and I don't think buddy Landell is one. Um, <laughs> I <know. laughs> but it's uh, okay. So, so basically Tim Horner says that he hopes buddy Landell shows up for the I quit match. If he has any guts, and uh, we leave it at that, which uh, it's for the fire on the mountain. I quit match. And, you know, Smoky Mountain was hoping that Landell would show up for the payoff before they had to get rid of him. And he does. Spoiler alert. Desk with Bob and Dutch once again. It's a recap of the Dixie Dynamite and Killer Kyle uh, shenanigans from last week. And now an interview with Dixie Dynamite, and basically he's coming for Kyle. He's going to beat him up with the tape fist. Which leads into match number two, which is Dixie Dynamite against our favorite Nazi, the Stormtrooper. And uh, yes, Justin, who is the Stormtrooper? You have uncovered... I, I'm, for, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's a Toronto mayor they just checked out. Yeah. Bobby Ford. Bob Ford on Freebird Mountain. I mean, he you lived know, his life there. I have, now that Justin has brought this up, I have made a connection because Robert Ford, it was Henry Ford had connections to the original Nazis. I'm just saying. I mean, it's it's the, the Ford guy. It could be him. Um, it, it, I don't know. It, he's not a very talented wrestler. Let's put it that way. It doesn't matter who he is. He's actually Adorable. some poor guy from Knoxville that's just, just not that good. And even Dutch Mantel makes some cracks on him during this match. Colin says that he's a little slow because he's from Germany. I don't know if Dutch Mantel has something against the Germans or the Nazis. Uh, probably Nazis, but we're not sure. So this is a back-and-forth match, um, but Dixie Dynamite does go over with the Confederate kick. We have the sparklers and the 
the whole shebang. He's exploding all over the place. It's glorious. And then Killer Kyle hits the ring. And he pummels Dixie Dynamite. And then he pulls a coat hanger out of his jacket. I will repeat that. He pulls a coat hanger off of his person. And then he chokes Dixie Dynamite with said coat hanger. And I'm not exactly sure in the litany of foreign objects that you pull out. Uh, Andy, was you expecting the coat hanger? I I just want to know what other ideas were aborted before he decided on the coat hanger. I don't know, Justin. What uh what what was you expecting? No, not that. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you you know what do you expect from uh, Rob Ford with with a uh, a swastika on his uh, chest? Yeah. So. I mean, I mean at the- hookers. Yes. Well, blow. Well, I said hookers. Hey, that was a loaded question, I guess. I mean, at this point, would it have been less offensive if Killer Kyle would have pulled out an 18-inch dildo and whipped Dixie Dynamite with it? There's no way in hell. Than a coat hanger. Oh my God! I mean, so he chokes him to death with the coat hanger, and we're 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 contemplating the next big match after the tape fist match. Maybe we could have coat hanger versus dildo on a pole. Let's throw Judy Bagwell in there and we've got a, just a fun day. <laughs> Vince Russo loves it. And just, you know, we'll talk about that later. So Kyle slings Ben Jordan and Gary Scott away who come in to try to break this up for some reason. I'd have just let him choke the guy. Hector Guerrero hits the ring and he has a chair and he smashes killer Kyle on the head with it. And Kyle no sells it. He does let go of Dixie dynamite to acknowledge that Hector Guerrero has hit him with his chair. And but Dutch Mantel makes the comment that kill, he tells Hector Guerrero and I quote, get out of the ring. You crazy Mexican. <laughs> Our politically correct moment of the week. <laughs> In a match that included a dude with a swastika. That <laughs> <laughs> we have taken it over the edge. So good lord. And Bob Armstrong, <laughs> yes, Justin, for the love of God. Same fucking <laughs> shirt. He, he hasn't changed clothes in at least six months. <laughs> We're We've got to get a tracker on Armstrong. I mean, he's saving no, so much there, money. It's, it's amazing. But anyway. I mean, that must be part of his gimmick, honestly, that he's just, he's so wrapped up in being yeah, a commission. It, it, it has to be. That he just wears I mean, the same it, outfit. I mean, you, you would have like mold growing in that shit <laughs> if that was still the same shirt without washing I mean, it. we do have Scott Armstrong with some sort of a back issue that he's having to cover up. So, it, well, mold, well, that's Mercer or some shit. Mold in too. the Fuller household. In the, uh, no, Armstrong household. There's something going on in that Armstrong household. Yeah, I guess so. I, I don't think mold is what we got to worry about in the Fuller household at this point. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> no. And speaking of which, here we go. Down and dirty with Dutch, and for the love of God, I can't do it justice. So, for your listening pleasure, down and dirty with Dutch Mantel. 
Welcome everybody to Down and Dirty with Dutch. I'm Dutch Mantel, and you're not. And this is a proud, proud moment. This is one of the greatest moments of my life. My special guest today, none other than the Tennessee stud, Robert Fuller, my good friend, and Jimmy Gullen. You can hear that people love him. And Rob, I missed you, and I am glad you can be a guest on my show. And I want you to tell the people we're talking about rock and roll a little earlier and what's going to happen to them. Before we get into rock and roll too much, I got to tell you, man, thank you so much for inviting me out here. This is one of the greatest days of my life. I'd have drove a thousand miles just to be on your part of the program. I got to tell you something that don't have anything to do, I guess, with these boys were wrestling, but this is a little story you might like to hear. I went home. Get to shut up out there a little bit. Let me get to tell I went home the other night and I was feeling all worn out and everything. And I got out of my car and went down to the barn like I always do. And I'm walking through the barn there and looked over in the stable and there's two little brand new twin ponies in there. I saw them laying in there. As soon as I saw them, first thing come to my mind, I said, I'll call one Ricky and I'll call one Robert. I went over to them and I got hold of them ponies by the hair, one on each side like that. And I went to kicking them ponies. I whooped them and they yapped and screamed. Everybody in the mountain said, Stud's done, come home. And they was right. But you know, when I got done with the ponies, here's why I want to make the point. I went over and sat down in the corner. I was kind of windy and sitting there. And the ponies come over and just waggle over. Laid down, put their heads down in my lap, one here and one there. Looked up at me, them old brown eyes, Ricky and Robert. You know what they're saying to me, Dutch? They're saying, Stud, I love you. <laughs> hey, I can't do it. That just goes to show you, you can whoop a little respect into people like that, dogs and all of them. And if you take Ricky and Robert right like that, they'll come to us if you whip them good enough. Ricky will lay his head in your lap. Robert will lay his head in my lap, and they'll look up at us and say, I love you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. See, there's a fine baby, between whooping somebody, putting them out, and darn right killing them. You boys ain't getting off the hook when you meet the likes of Golden and Fuller. Damn. There you heard it, ladies and gentlemen, my good friends, Robert Fuller, Jimmy Golden, Rock and Roll. They're coming after you. I'll be back again next week, and we'll be right back in two minutes. Don't go away. You okay, so... How fucked up is this that? Has been, this has been an excerpt of the Fifty Shades of Grey stud stable. Tune uh, in next week as we begin Chapter 2. So, uh, Robert Fuller um, has abused two of his ponies because he named one of them Ricky and one of them Robert, and these ponies that he has abused all of a sudden gain the ability to speak. Ricky, what's your what's your father's name? Uh, Ricky. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> I Justin to, has just, partaken of the Rebird Mountain this morning. I need to know where you was headed with this, Justin. What was the what was the punchline? Sorry, about that. <laughs> see, he's snorting his feet. I was talking about the ponies. Oh my! If if if, if if your father's name was Robert, it was Ricky and Robert. Were then they named the. Oh no no Maybe no! We're, it's, Maybe I was wrong. Yeah no sorry no that's okay. It's uh, so um the horse. Holy crap! He was talking about the race car driver Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. So the horses. Let, let's let's not lose sight of this. Robert Fuller has abused two newborn ponies. And then they have gained the ability to speak. I totally fucked that up. Sorry. <laughs> no, this was a great down and dirty with Dutch. Oh, God, Robert Fuller was on some good shit. 
I mean, it's apparent that there was something that Robert Fuller's chemical imbalance was making him uh, very lively during these two episodes. And the whole thing then where they, Robert's going to crawl into one of them's lap and Ricky's going to crawl into the other one's lap and say, I love you. And Dutch's facial expressions. If you, Dutch Mantell is one of these guys that can pretty much pull off anything. And I think even he was amazed at how far off the cliff Robert Fuller was going. (laughs) (laughs) And he's a good damn actor. And he was like, are you serious? Yeah. We're going to get kicked off TV for this crap. (laughs) This is great. Dutch is one of the best. I mean, I don't know how. I mean, I'm beating a dead horse here, but. Oh, I'll get into that later. Well, I but, mean, you uh, tried to kill the you horse, know, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, he, he is the best. He is. He's the best I've ever seen. Seriously. Yeah. As, as far as an announcer. He is very good. Him and Cobble no, 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 are, good to, are awesome together, too. So, Okay, so it's a recap. Just in the last few minutes, we've had a Nazi, uh, a coat hanger abortion, and animal cruelty. And then Jim Cornette continuously bashes Vince Russo for being too over the top. I rest my case. I suddenly feel like the sham wild guy. I'm wanting to go sit here and go, but wait, there's more. <laughs> Just wait. There is more. So we go now to a recap of the heavenly. Uh, no, that's actually uh, Billy Mays. The Vince is the sham wild guy that got caught uh, jerking off a horse, I think. So. <laughs> Uh, Robert Fuller's stable boy. He is Robert Fuller. He works at the stud stable, ironically. And he uses a whole lot of sham wells to clean up all the the the, the, the messes out there in the stable. Um, what is sham? I don't even know what sham well is. I forgot. Was that like? A, it's a re- it's really poor towel that doesn't oh, do shit. Oh. I mean, we, 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 it's like a paper towel, basically a wet paper towel. Oh, that's good. <laughs> people will buy anything and, and the dude made probably bazillion dollars off it oh good god <laughs> so we're going to a recap of the heavenly bodies and the fantastics feud and they show a highlight that's new material i'm not sure where this this may be the fight from uh, the bluegrass brawl but it was i uh, is it is a hell of a brawl let's put it that way the they put a plastic bag over Jackie's head. I'm they're trying to kill him. The announcer says that Mark Curtis has a knife. I mean, we have went <laughs> to the point where now we have a plastic bag. Mark Curtis has a knife. I, I don't know how much farther off into the rabbit hole they can fly here, but they're really trying. And this was a really big, uh, and I like it when they had those street fights back then. They weren't wearing their wrestling attire. They was wearing boots and blue jeans and a T-shirt. I mean, if you're coming out for a fight, that's what you're actually going to wear. I really do like that. And that's one thing now in wrestling. You can't have a street fight. And if you do, they're coming out in their attire. And the, it just adds to the realism. And the, I don't know. They didn't. They showed quite a bit of the highlights of this match. It Basically, the highlight ends when, uh, well... Cornette breaks up a pin by jumping on Mark Curtis. Bobby Fulton shoves a board up Cornette's ass. Well, that's interesting. Pritchard loads up a boot and gets Fulton in the back of the head. And then we come to our live shot with the bodies at the desk. And Cornette's going off on the Fantastics while Pritchard has got some barbed wire that he's holding. 
And Cornette has a tomato. And Cornette says the Fantastics are fruits that they are going to turn into vegetables. And he takes the tomato and he runs it through the barbed wire to show how sharp it is. And then, actually, for the first time in Smoky Mountain history, we have an actual explosion. The tomato <laughs> explodes all over Bob <laughs> And he doesn't like it at all. Uh, I mean, maybe he's, I don't know, but you could tell Connell was not happy that that tomato squirted on him. <laughs> well, he's like Barb Armstrong. That's his only suit. Oh, my God. So, uh, so let's recap. That's very possible. We Let's recap. Now, we have had a Nazi, the racist rebel, the coat hanger abortion, uh, animal abuse, a knife, barbed wire, somebody trying to kill somebody with uh a plastic bag over their head, and now gay uh, bashing. And this is just in this first freaking episode. Uh, uh, how Andy? We, 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 have, we haven't done the Keebler yet, have we? No, he hasn't even hit that. Andy, please, for the love of God, make sense of this. How did this get through? I know that it was 92 and things were much simpler, but I mean, you look back on this crap now, and this was, I mean... Believe me, this is entertaining. This is great. But how'd they get away with all this? Hey, it was a simpler time, a different time, and it was the South. I guess. Oh, then. Oh, God. Well, well yeah, but, but still, I mean, this this is like, it's starting to get pretty crazy to me. And it, we haven't uh, even seen the gangsters yet. <laughs> no. Oh, well, that's the bad part. I guarantee y'all, all us rednecks was out there looking at him like, why is he wearing gloves with just regular bob wire? That's all they were worried about. Yeah. Rest of it made sense to him. That ain't going to cut him. Yeah, those fantastic. <laughs> oh, my God. So now, speaking of abortions, we've got Brian Lee in the ring against Gary Scott. Oh, and Gary Scott. Okay is wearing some kind of impressive looking biker short. That actually may be the fashion statement of the week. I forgot about that. Um, he's wearing some biker shorts and that, that was definitely, uh, in vogue at the time, but, uh, not a very good look 20 years later. So this, so Brian Lee beats Gary Scott about, I don't know, 50, 60 seconds, something like that. And then the stormtrooper attacks Brian Lee because uh, we haven't seen enough of this, the Nazi this episode. So he comes back out. And then Lee takes him out. Uh, little Nate comes out, and uh, Brian Lee throws him around. And now the dirty white boy comes into the ring, and he attacks Brian Lee. And uh, he's beating him down. And the dirty white boy in this episode is wearing some uh, red tights with buck snort right, written across the, the back. It looks like it was done in black crayon. Uh, well, magic marker maybe, um, but that definitely fits right the, himself. Yeah, well, it definitely fits the Dirty White Boy's character. I'll give it that. That's that's good. But I'm so. I mean, at this point, I literally am confused because we've seen Brian Lee beat Gary Scott. He fends off two job attacks. Then the Dirty White Boy comes in and starts beating on him, which looks like it would be an angle. But then Mark Curtis is in the ring refereeing. So I guess this turned into a match. Well, yeah, it did. It turned into a match with the Dirty White Boy against Brian Lee for some inexplicable reason. And uh, the Dirty White America. Boy, you know, he's beating down Brian Lee, hits him with some good DDTs, three straight big elbows. Of course, Lee kicks out. Uh, Dirty White Boy with a big Hogan leg drop. Um, 
He kicks out again, and then he gets picks Lee up. Lee reverses something, and he hits him with this weird, awkward-looking elbow, standing elbow, running elbow, something, and he pins him. One, two, three, right in the middle of the ring. So we have fire, the fire in the mountain show, fire on the mountain show coming up. And the main event is supposedly the Dirty White Boy against Brian Lee for the title. And they have just jobbed the Dirty White Boy clean right in the middle of the ring as Brian Lee has not only beat the Dirty White Boy, but he has beat the Stormtrooper, Paul Lee, and Gary Scott. And I do not understand the logic behind this booking at all. Justin, please help me. I call uncle. I have, I have nothing. I, 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 I want to cuss so bad, but I'm not going to right now, but I have nothing. Well, it's pathetic. This is one time where the, cuss- the, the, the booking is absolutely pathetic with I, this son of a bitch, Brian Lee. I know you've got to smash the guy over cause he's your champion, but well, yeah, sure. You can't do it that way. I mean, God, no, all, not I, not before. Like basically, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying that. I don't know what this fire, this thing that's coming up is there WrestleMania, but I guess it might be. But God, damn! I mean, what? You, it's horrible, Andy. It's horrible. I mean, for all we give Cornette credit for, sometimes the booking really, really don't make sense. Tell, does this make sense in any possible conceivable way to you? This is my. This goes back to what we. I mean, this is not why. Wait a minute, stop. This is not why you're mad. No, I can't wait to hear this. Okay, well then, tell me what's wrong with this anyway. (laughs) Well, here's my problem with it. It goes back to what we've said over and over. It's like a broken record. They do him like a heel, like he's a heel. He does the cheap shot elbow. He gets a roll-up. All he lacked was grabbing the tights, and it's a heel move, and I just don't understand if you're trying to push him as a baby face. He keeps getting heel wins. It makes no sense whatsoever on – uh, the rest of the show was done pretty good. Most of the booking is great, but when it comes to Brian Lee, they just keep having brain farts. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll see where they're headed with this. I... It, it, and I, I, I couldn't have said it better. I mean, Jim, Jim Cornette has been, he's excellent. He's to this day, like all the shoot interviews he does and all the stuff he does is it, excellent. But man, he, I'm sorry. He fucked this one up bad. Yeah, with Brian, with Brian Lee, he just did. I mean, period. Besides of our besides our boss, just take it out. It doesn't matter who it is. I mean, Ronnie well, Gar- sure, Ronnie exactly. Garvin could be the world champion in this same scenario, and I like Ronnie Garvin, or it could be whoever you want it to be. Sure. And yes, the week before you're having your big, an, a big event in Knoxville, like the the big one. And you're going to give the fans a world title match between Lee and the Dirty White Boy on free TV. You let Lee beat up, win over somebody, beat up two other heels, and then clean pin the guy that he's got to fight the next week. And you're expecting that that's going to sell tickets? I don't. I mean, usually the, the booking would lay. It would have Dirty White. I mean, that wouldn't have turned into a match. Dirty White Boy that came out there, kicked the crap out of him for three or four minutes. Left him laying in a pool of his own filth, and then 
went to the interview <laughs> yeah, desk right. and said, you know, I done this, I whipped his eyes, and I'm going to do it again, and when I do it the next time, I'm taking the title. That's all he had to do. That's all they had to do. How hard is that? Apparently very. Yeah, apparently. Well, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but that don't make sense. Oh, sure it was. I mean, I know it's 24 years ago, like we're, we're saying, but it can. I don't care who it is. That so bad. No sense. So Bob nope. Cottle now is explaining the four-team match that's coming up next week. It's going to be a four-way dance, basically, an elimination tag, the stud stable, uh, the team explosion, Nitro and uh, – Dynamite, the Fantastics, and the Heavenly Bodies. And uh, then we're at the desk now with the Fultons, and they have their own barbed wire. And I guess Jackie was trying give to... give it to Jackie. And they, they're trying to show that they're tougher than Tom Pritchard because he is not wearing gloves like Tom Pritchard was. And Bobby Jackie is shredding Christ. up a newspaper over the barbed wire. And uh, I just put a note in there that... Uh, we'd already seen the tomato. At that point, I wish they'd have grabbed Bob Cottle and just p- done his tie. Just raked his tie through the barbed wire. I mean, with them being the faces, I guess not. But if that's what the bodies should have done. They should have had the Fantastics with the tomato and the bodies with the <laughs> ripping up Bob Cottle's tie. So they, Bobby says that the bodies are going to get cut, and they're going to get cut bad. And that's where we leave off. On episode number twenty-seven on Smoky Man, Jackie might have been a little. Uh, uh, never mind. I, I of all the odd stuff going on this episode, this is one time I'll actually give poor Jackie Fulton the pass. I mean, we yeah, for so, yeah, you're right about that. You're true, <laughs> right? I, I mean, usually we can pick on him, but there was so much other crap that happened this episode. It's just uh, Bobby Fulton was or Jackie Fulton. And that's was, pretty sad, isn't it? Yeah, that he was uh, one of the one of the better moments of the show. <laughs> Without yeah, when Jackie Fulton is the least creepy individual you got in the room, you are in the wrong damn place. <laughs> yeah, uh, or you're in Newport, Tennessee. Either one. Uh, okay, so we're done with episode number twenty-seven, and uh, I don't know if twenty-eight can top this. Uh, it can't it top the insanity, but we will be right back on the other side to try. Episode number 28, Fire in the Mountains, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, right after this timeout. Emotional consideration paid for by the following. What's up, everybody? This is Kevin Kelly. Make sure you check out every episode of The Kevin Kelly Show right here on the Place to Be Nation. PlaceToBeNation.com, The Kevin Kelly Show. Every episode is a winner, at least we hope. Place Me Nation's Justin Rosero here. In addition to The Kevin Kelly Show, we have a ton of great podcasts available to you on iTunes and PlaceToBeNation.com. You can check out Scott Criscolo and me on The Mothership, The Place to Be Podcast, with our famous Vintage Vault pay-per-view reviews. PTBN also covers current day wrestling with main event, Mission Indie Possible, and our monthly pay-per-view reaction shows with immediate feedback on WWE, NXT, and Ring of Honor Super Shows. And relive wrestling's past with our monthly pay-per-view rewind series, led by Ben Morse, and the Dangerous Alliance Wrestling Podcast as we dive into various subjects and 
the form of exercises and games. We got sports covered too with the Sports Evolution Mega Show with Scott, Dr. G, Cowboy, and Cowboy Senior, the Kings of Sport led by Live Audio Wrestling's Godfather Nate Milton, as well as the NBA Team Podcast and the TJ McLoon Show. PTBN tackles pop culture and irreverence with Richard and the Mailman, the Glenn Butler Podcast Hour Spectacular. And if you like a hybrid of all of this in list form, check out Jordan Duncan's Rank and File. All of these shows are available on PlaySubination.com where we cover pro wrestling, sports, movies, comics, plus tournaments and more. We want to thank our friends at Bonehead's Wing Bar in West Warwick, Rhode Island and Fall River, Massachusetts, and Scott Keats' Blog of Doom. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr as well. PlaySubination.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. This is Parv, and I'm here to tell you to listen and subscribe to the Pro Wrestling Only Place to Be Nation podcast network. That's the PWO PTBN podcast network, where you'll find a ton of in-depth shows done by hardcore fans. We've got Chris Zellner's one-two punch of Exile on Bad Street and with David Bickenspan, a smash hit between the sheets. We've got Wrestling Culture with Dylan Hales and Dave Musgrave. Goodwill Wrestling and the reaction shows with good old Will from Texas. We got This Week in Wrestling with my man Pete and Johnny Sorrow. Stephen Graham and Tim Livingston's Pro Wrestling Super Show. Tag Team's Back Again with Kelly and Marty Sleaze. And a ton of other great shows too. And of course, there's Titans of Wrestling and Where the Big Boys Play with yours truly and some dude from down south called Chad. PWO, PTBN, Podcast Network. And welcome back to Fire on Fire in the Mountains. Yes, please listen to all of our Place to Be Nation, PWO, PTBN podcast network shows, all kinds of good stuff to listen to, and listen to our show. You are right now, Fire in the Mountains, because God only knows what we're going to talk about on a Smoky Mountain Wrestling podcast, as evidenced by some of the insanity that we have just covered in the past show. So we will go right into episode number 28, and we're still at the same God-blessed place. Still in Benton, Tennessee. Still at Polk High School. I think that's where their permanent home is going to be or something because we've been there for, what, six episodes now? It's insane. These fans have got to be wore out. I put it, They have been through a lot of weird crap, and there's more to come. So we're at the desk, and they're advertising the four-team elimination match for $5,000. Dutch promises certified chaos, and he's going to have Bob Armstrong on Down and Dirty with Dutch. So match number one is Little Nate against Hector Guerrero, and Little Nate is Paulie. Hector still has his, uh, I mean, we, we never have seen Killer Kyle's 18-inch dildo, but Hector is flailing his wooden dildo around, and... Um, Justin is not a fan. I'm, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for him to put that damn thing down on the mat, and he's going to sit on it. I'm telling you, it's going to happen <laughs> before it's all set. And, and then down. proceed and proceed to shake his yeah. tail feathers. Oh. <laughs> so we we have Hector rolling around uh, like Hector only can, and uh, Paul Lee is strutting. So Hector's rolling and Lee is strutting, and we already have had a better match than any of the matches on the last episode. Uh, Guerrero demonstrates to Curtis how he hip tossed Lee because Lee was complaining that he had the tights and Guerrero it shouldn't have been a DQ. Well, by he the way, he didn't take Curtis over. He just kind of got him uh, halfway up. Yeah, but, but you can't t- touch the referee. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, yes, I mean, quite possibly that should have been a disqualification. But Mark Curtis also let uh, three run-ins uh, happen and then st- for some reason started a match between the Dirty White Boy and Brian Lee in the last episode. So we That's because have- he don't like Brian Lee either. He's trying to get the title off of him. Hardcore rules. Anybody that pins this son of a bitch, I'm counting it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so... Um, I like Paul Lee as a jobber, and I like Hector Guerrero as a mid-card guy. And uh, Guerrero hits him with the jalapeno roll for the win. And no, I Justin, I don't have a clue. Uh, the jalapeno <laughs> roll, for some reason, does not make Hector Guerrero. How does it not make him dizzy? I mean, he's used to, maybe it's because he's built up a uh, tolerance for rolling around. I, that, since he's, he's doing the same fucking thing as his opponent, opponent, and he's, he's and well, he still wins the match. Yeah, he, he wins no the fin- match. No figure. Dutch says that Hector Wallard. That's a word that we know down in the South, Andy. He wallered him. Yes, he wallered him all over the place. And then he uh, then Dutch tells Lee to hit the shower. Now we go to a uh, hop for the big. Four man, four team tar- main event. We have Don, the Nitro Brothers. They're going to explode all over everything, of course, and take five thousand dollars. The Stud Stable. Uh, Fuller says he's going to whip up on all the Keeblers. <laughs> I mean, to, I mean, my God, everybody in comparison to Robert Fuller is a Keebler. So now, <laughs> now, and. <laughs> Now a midget, midget crackback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, we're equal opportunity down here, dude. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to crack equal on equal opportunity offender. Yeah, they, that way nobody can get mad. We crack on everybody, so it's that's it's, great. It's all across the board. And uh, then we have the Fantastics. Obviously, they say they want the five grand. Pritchard says they're going to be five thousand dollars richer. It's the whole hop just for. Uh, Everybody's wanting to win the money, basically. And uh, we go into another highlight video of the uh, Killer Kyle and Dixie Dynamite feud, uh, this time with the coat hanger uh, deal. <laughs> Highlighted from the last episode. And Bob is now at the desk with our big with our big buddy, Killer Kyle. And uh, he just looks at the microphone. Bob asks him several questions, and Killer Kyle, once again... Uh, in a uh, very subdued state, does not talk. And Bob's facial expressions definitely make this clip because Bob Cottle does a good job here of just looking at him like, what's wrong with you? Why can't you talk? And then Killer Kyle, um, he asks him what his plans are. And Killer Kyle rips up a rebel flag. That damn Yankee some bitch. Oh, hey, this is what, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, this, no, uh, you're from Ohio. You're not a Yankee. This New uh, York hey, Yankee barely, sound from, yeah, he's oh, about ta- 15, 15 miles, probably. Hell's Kitchen. Who the York. hell? Yeah, who the hell does he think he is tearing up the stars and the bars in the South? He'd be better off slapping his own mama, who's probably bald and ignorant just like him. I see. Like right that's, now, that's what makes no sense about that. Well, and right now, if he done that in in 2016, um, 
he would be the face for ripping up the rebel flag, and Andy would be the heel. <laughs> yes, I would definitely be the heel. Uh, Andy is. I tell you what, a chair shot might not have took him out, but I guarantee you, a shotgun would. And uh, it's probably surprising that some old redneck on a spot show didn't take him out. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. you're right about that. <laughs> Oh, God, because, I mean, they definitely fought at some fairgrounds because uh, we have one here that they fought at frequently. wonder they didn't take a calf bander and just get rid of him. Oh, well, good grief. Um, so, uh, killer cow. <laughs> Maybe that's why he carried around the 18-inch dildo, Andy. Yeah, he done been banded. He done lost his nuts, he, so he had to pick on the poor little flag. Uh, <laughs> highlights of Orndorff and the Garvin build, once again, um, for their big pile driver match coming up down and dirty with Dutch Dutch Mantel with Bob Armstrong and same uh, shirt, same shirt. shirt. Yes. He's still got the same shirt. Well, they've still, they've been in Benton, Tennessee for about approximately eight weeks. So that's true. And like, I was going to say this too. I mean, I, I hate to beat, beat the damn dead horse. I mean, as much as Barbara as I'm, I don't know. I fucked that up. Never mind. Uh, Dutch smokes, uh, is smoking his cigar throughout this interview and, uh, yeah, he almost coughs up a lung. Um, uh, Dutch says that Smoky Mountain couldn't have a better commissioner than Bob Armstrong. I mean, he's really kissing his hind end. And then he approaches Armstrong with some really tough questions and he's always angling at that. Well, this ain't me. This ain't me, Bob. This is the fans. They wrote in and said this and, and, it, Bob keeps getting madder and madder at the questions. And then you just got to listen to this interview. And then after it's over, basically Bob Armstrong stands up, looks at Dutch Mantel and says, it's been a pleasure. Not really. <laughs> just, um, if you don't get Bob Armstrong, you think that he's the, I get, actually, I thought that was funny because Bob was just getting more pissed off at Dutch as, as he went and I'm surprised he didn't just wallop him with a chair before he walked out. If it wasn't a clip-on tie, he may have uh, tied him up with his tie. Like we already tried to kill somebody with a with a uh, plastic bag and uh, a, a tie hanging. A co- be, co- co-hanger. A coat hang, A tie hanging at this point would be tame. Yeah, really. Uh, so, Actually, uh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I've seen we've seen it in wrestling plenty of times the the good old tie so we've had all this um, and now we go into our main event this two matches on this show but in the defense I mean this main event is a four team elimination they give everybody plenty of time um Nitro Danny Davis and uh, Dixie Dynamite are the first team in then Robert Fuller's cock Followed by the stud stable. Wait a minute, what? That was way too uh, casual. The heavenly bodies and the fantastics. Wait, uh, what the? F- hey, we just report the news here. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's just what happened. So. Seriously? Yeah. Um. Okay. But, <laughs> what the? Fuck? Um. It's in the show notes. It's gotta be. It's gotta be said. I see that, but <laughs> okay. So what happens? This okay. So this is. I, I, don't, I don't know why this is a thing in a four team in this kind of elimination match, but 
for some reason, one of the rules in this match was that the two of the tag team members can actually I'm literally in tears over here. Can be tagged anyway. in at the same time. So what we have is they tag in the two faces and then we've had two heels get tagged in and uh then we've had then we get a tag team tagged in. Um at some point in this match I'm sure Robert Fuller's cock is tagged in. Uh <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it goes over or not. I can't. Uh, it, it, self high five. Self high five. So we do. It's it's a very weird setup of a match. Uh, that the fact that, <laughs> weird weird. Do you say, huh? Yeah. The, especially, I mean, honestly, like, like, it, it is strange that like Fuller and Golden can be in the ring at the same time, and they're supposed to have to fight each other, which is very counterproductive. But according to the rules of this match, if they don't attempt to at least engage, then they're disqualified. So they have to. Uh, it makes no sense because the team, when somebody gets pinned, the team's eliminated. So I don't, I know that they were where they was trying to go to be acute with this, but it was kind of confusing a little bit. It was entertaining. I'll say that. I did like it because they, they played it off real well when, faces came in together they would do some scientific wrestling when the hills came in together they'd freak out and i liked it when the bodies came in at the same time and i, I think uh pritchard puts stan lane in the headlock and then he lets go he's like oh god i'm sorry i'm sorry so <laughs> and then they're both going to cornet just having a, just a panic attack trying to figure out what to do and, and cornet <laughs> blows a gasket i mean he's doing it he's throwing his hissy fit so this was a, it was a, it was a very entertaining, interesting match. What happens? Uh, eventually, Pritchard loads up his boot. He ghetto blasts. Um, Jackie Fulton gets the one, two, three. Bobby Fulton gets outside of the ring, wallops on Cornette, gets his racket. Pritchard's whipped into the ropes. He gets cracked with the racket. And uh, he gets pinned, so the bodies and the Fantastics are both out. And then we have a pretty extended match between Dixie Dynamite and Danny Davis in the stud stable, and they they actually bust up old Danny Davis pretty good in this match. Um, he gets some good color on him, and eventually he does make the tag. Then Dixie Dynamite comes in and Robert Fuller, to his credit, goes outside the ring because Danny Davis is still recovering. He slams him right in the back with a chair and just completely lays him out. So Dixie Dynamite has nobody to try to tag in. The stud stable work him over a little bit more. And then Robert Gibson comes in for the save um, with slinging his uh, cowboy boot and uh, runs a stud stable off disqualification because of Robert Fuller's interference or Robert Gibson's interference and uh, the stud stable win $5,000. Andy, I know that was pretty long winded by me, but that's a pretty long <laughs> match. What, uh, what did you make of it? I uh, like you say the, the stipulations at the beginning kind of took a little bit away from it, but the match overall was a fun match. And I mean, they, I thought they played it off real well all the way through it. And, you know, the ending, I I don't know, when you're trying to set up a baby face, I think they should have probably waited till he got pinned and then seen Gibson in, but it, it served a purpose. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
it, well, I mean, I can see why they're trying to protect him, uh, I guess. I don't know. I'm not saying Danny Davis and Dixie Dynamite's going to ever win the tag titles, so maybe that really shouldn't have been a protection. But Gibson coming in just to to save Dixie Dynamite because Danny Davis had been hit in the back with the chair by the dastardly hill. Uh, I can well, that makes sense. Yeah, but at this point, he should have just run up there, jumped in the corner, held Mark Curtis with let him be the new tag partner. We've done seen you can just jump in and make a match whenever the hell you want. So just <laughs> go to the corner and get tagged. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> that really is what should have happened. Um, Justin, what do you think of this match? I'm still legitimately laughing. <laughs> but anyway, I lost my, like I said, I, I lost my focus about four seconds in. Uh, Sorry, it, it was it was an okay match, and especially after you uh, your commentary, I was laughing the whole freaking time. So, uh, well, it was a um, it, it was a good, it was it was a decent match for what it was. Whatever. Yeah, it was a good match that put it put everybody over. Honestly, I mean, that C Cornet yeah, redeems it, himself from the last episode because. You have Pritchard has to be the Fulton with the loaded boot, and then the Fultons immediately get a uh, revenge from the racket shot. So it takes those two teams out. They're, so it doesn't hurt either one of them. And then nobody has to get pinned because Fuller or uh, Gibson comes in and causes the DQ. So the stud stable goes over, and they look strong because they win. And they had beat down the faces, so it was just, all around. That was a that was actually well booked, and um, a good main event. I liked it for once. Yeah, for as bad as booking can be for uh, Cornet. I mean, I love Cornet, like we've said a million times. But you know, for once, yes, he did make a good book booking decision here. So yeah, I agree. All right, so now we are done with episodes 27 and 28, and the next event is Fire on the Mountains. So hopefully I, th- I'm, I am 99% sure there is a uh, availability to watch that. So that will probably be the next reviewed show. And for the love of God, surely to God, it'll be better than the Volunteer Slam. From what I remember, it, it is a good show. And from what I remember, when we come back, Justin will be singing Oh Happy Day. Uh, I don't know if it's this soon. Um, (laughs) But eventually, Justin will sing. And Justin is actually still conscious after two episodes of Smoky Mountain, so we've we've made improvements from two episodes. On on a Friday night. On a Friday night, yeah, not even on a work night. You're not having to seek therapy therapy (laughs) for Justin this week. The AA meetings are working. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm standing up doing a Daniel Bryan right now. The yes. 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 <laughs> okay. Okay, now, now I'm done. So we are, we're now through two more episodes of Smoky Mountain. We've done our fire in the mountain build, fire on the mountain build. This is so confusing. I'll be glad when they're done with this show. Um, I just you- woke my wife up. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> well, as Justin uh, gets pummeled to death by his wife, Andy, um, what do you think about the build going into fire on the mountain? 
the, the only thing I mean, we discussed it earlier. The only one I think they really screwed up on was the build up for Lee versus the White Boy. The rest of them, I think they've set a pretty good base, and uh, I hope I hope it's as good as I remember. But you know, like I say, it's been twenty years, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, all the matches have got interest. Even Dixie Dynamite and Killer Kyle, just because. God only knows what they're going to pull out next. Uh, I don't. Oh, know. I'm interested in that one. I want so, to see him strangling with the Dixie flag and give a rebel yell and play some Hank Williams while he stomps over his lifeless body. Are you talking Sorry. about Kyle or Dynamite? <laughs> Kyle, Merle Haggard. Sir, <laughs> uh, so what about Merle Haggard? What happened? He might show yeah. up too. I guess he's still alive. Well, back then. he was definitely still kicking twenty some years ago. No, I know, I know. He just yeah. checked out, so I was just yeah, being so an asshole. We got okay. So we got Dixie Dynamite, <laughs> Dixie Dynamite, and Killer Kyle in a tape fist match coming up. Buddy Landell and Tim Horner in an I Quit match. The Battle of the Pile Drivers between Garvin and Orndorff. We'll have the rock and roll against the stud stable, the bodies against the fantastics in a barbed wire cage match and the dirty white boy against Brian Lee in a, uh, if the dirty white boy loses, he has to leave town. So that's a good card. I uh, just, just reading it down what the, the match, the whole, there's no bad matches on that card. Everything is interesting and they've done a good job on TV of building all of this stuff up. The yeah, only- I agree. I agree totally with with all that stuff. Um, it'll be a good show. Hopefully, we can see it. We That's- can. We can. Oh, We've got this sorry. one. We have okay. this show, so we will. Uh, that that will definitely be coming up next show. Cool. All right. So before we're uh, can't, can't wait to review. Yeah. Before we're out tonight, let's go ahead and do our end of the show awards. Uh, match of the night, no doubt, no question. It's the four team elimination match. Just a lot of stuff going on, fun stuff in that match that you uh, really need to see. Um, interview of the week, we played it. It's it's Robert. It's the stud stable on Down and Dirty with Dutch. I I still don't know where Robert Fuller was coming from. Um, he don't know where he was coming from, but it made for an interesting uh, dynamic. So, uh, soundbite of the week. He, he, he didn't know where he was, so. No, oh, no. And Fuller's just <laughs> so damn good. He really is. One of the best Southern. See, Justin, when he came in, I was telling you, is it, Golden is good. I really like Jimmy Golden, but he's right. not as polished on the microphone. Robert Fuller is the real deal, and he can wrestle. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think I've already said that, like, the last show. It is you know, I, I didn't realize he was Colonel Parker and you know Yeah. He was a shit even then, like in as Colonel Parker and NW or WCW NWA, whatever yeah. the hell you want to call it. Yeah. It was, so Yeah, he was good. He was great. Yeah. So, Very good. So we had that. Um soundbite of the week. Let's let's give it to Cornette for saying that he's gonna turn the Fantastics from fruits to vegetables. Um that may also be the politically incorrect thing of the week and we didn't we didn't talk about that andy what is the politically incorrect uh, moment of the week this week we definitely have some contenders 
we got to go with the fruits. Even though we had to do with the swastika, he got it last week. We got to go with the fruit to the vegetable comment. Okay, so that's the, that is the soundbite of the week and the politically incorrect comment of the week all rolled up into one. Um, fans of the week, uh, it's the same damn plays. It's got to be those same two idiots from the last show. Every time they show this one guy with the mustache, he is putting his hands together. He's either doing the gator chomp, and I don't think that he was a Florida fan, or that he's doing like the one, two, three. And that's okay, except two of the, like a couple of times they show him doing it, there is absolutely nobody being pinned. He is on top of Freebird Mountain along with Robert Fuller. <laughs> I don't know what is going on, but that guy was, he was having a good time. And his buddy thought he was the funniest thing that ever lived, apparently. Because those they, two, they both had to be drunk. That's all. Yeah, they were just, that's all it could be. But they were funny. Uh, so they're definitely that's the fans of the week again. Kick um, interview of the week, uh, sound by the week, fans of the week, fashion statement of the week. Uh, it's either got to be Robert Gibson as he comes out in the Cape Fear kind of look, uh, Robert De Niro. I don't know if that's where he was headed with that, but that's kind of what he reminded me of with the white shorts and the Hawaiian-like shirt he had on, or Gary Scott in his uh, uh, biker shorts. Justin, what do you what do you think? It's all terrible. Uh, Andy. Br- all, 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 all. <laughs> it, it was bad. Both of them were bad. All, yes, they were both bad. Andy, what was worse? I, I, I like Gibson's, uh, you know, Magnum PI look, but I have to give it to the biker shorts because nothing says early nineties like biker shorts. There you go. So we got that, and, and, uh, and they were okay. Yeah, yeah, they were they were they were bad. Um, I I'm glad that we haven't had to have the visual of Robert Fuller in biker shorts because that would be in uh, that that would be um, not made for TV. Yeah, let the fans come and search him for a weapon. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the yes. That's where we had that is. That's the reason that whole picture even ever emerged was when we were talking about that off the air. So that's my fault. Um, all right, guys. So we're we're getting ready to go to fire on the mountain. The show, as this fire in the mountain show is uh, wrapping up this week. Andy, this has been a pretty interesting. Uh, two episodes the whole stretch going into fire on the mountain what uh what do you want to leave us with this week i just want to leave us all with a parting thought don't step in the mud puddle it might be manure okay uh that's weird justin what um what would you like to leave us with this week oh hello Justin, what would you, oh shit, he passed out again. <laughs> you almost made it. Justin, uh, what would you like to leave us with uh, this? Andy? And, okay. So apparently uh, Justin would like to just leave us, and uh, Andy has also dropped out. So that is how we're going to wrap it up tonight. Uh, an interesting night once again. So please remember to uh, listen to us, give us feedback. We're on the Pro Wrestling Only message boards. Our shows are uploaded to SoundCloud, uh, P, uh, place to be nation.com for all your uh, PWO PTBN podcast network shows. Please visit us there. So for 
the uh, missing Andy Waddell and Justin Edgel. I'm Ricky Wittenberg and another fire in the mountains on the books. <laughs>